Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Potra. Riding solo, the wonderful January 8th. It's a car, uh, it's five game card. It's a wonderful Saturday. Got a decent little slate on our hands, a little bit of light for a Saturday, a few teams on the second half of a back to back. A lot of news to monitor, so you'll hear me give a lot of caveats on some of these picks and plays based on the fact that we just don't know what's going on. Uh, We don't know what's going on with some of these Pacers players at at the moment. I'm recording this Saturday morning. We don't know who's going to suit up necessarily for the Jazz. We know a few players like Mike Conley and Rudy Gay rested uh, on Friday night, but then Donovan Mitchell is dealing with a back injury. So Joe Ingles, we know, is in the protocols. Rudy Gobert, we know, is in the protocols. We'll get to a lot of those guys, but we also need to monitor what's going on with the Heat. As far as Jimmy Butler. So, again, a few caveats you're going to hear. You're going to hear me say, if these guys play, look at these guys. If these guys sit, you know, look at these guys. That sort of thing. So, before we jump into anything, a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over there this season. Thrive Fantasy is the leading daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top tier athletes. So, you're not going to need to worry about whether or not Eric Pascal's starting again, uh, things of that nature, because it's only the top-tier guys that we're talking about, your Donovan Mitchells, your Rudy Gobert, your Jimmy Butlers. Uh, and now, what, how do you play? Is you choose 10 of 20 available pro, uh, player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under, based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. It's that simple. Thrive has awarded over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and $6 million thus far. When you go there and sign up, use the promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. All right. Five games to talk about, a few of them a little bit more enticing than others. Nonetheless, we're going to want to talk about each and every one of these, uh, the situations. You know, some of these games we're going to be looking at you know, stacking up, getting a few players maybe on both sides. Uh, other games, we might just want one pivot, one caveat, one, you know, measly target just to get some exposure to it. Uh, we, all, we always know that there's always at least one or two good options per game. Sometimes they're a little harder to peg, but we'll start off first game of the night, Milwaukee Bucks. Traveling to Charlotte, this is going to be the most enticing game of the night. It's coming in at the highest game total at 233. And we have Charlotte being favored by one. So kind of lets you know where this might go, what might happen. We already know that they're missing several players uh, outside. You know, we don't have the injury report, uh, but we already know that we're the, the Bucks are missing several players. We know holidays in the health and safety protocols. Brooke Lopez is out with that back surgery. Uh, DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, all these guys in the health and safety protocols, along with our man over there, Mr. George Hill. So they're missing a lot of their backcourt members, but the spread has me inclined to think that maybe even Giannis is sitting out this one. I feel like they'd still be favored with all these guys out if Giannis was playing. So just keep an eye on that news. Uh, I'm going to talk about this game as though he is playing because we don't have that news just yet. But I'll give a quick caveat at the end uh, on what to look at if he does sit. Uh, and then for the injury report, the Hornets, Vernon Carey is in uh, health and safety protocols. Only real piece of news that we need to monitor for them. All right, we'll start off with this Bucks team. Obviously, with Giannis playing, he's the top tier play on this slate. Only played 27 minutes in that last game against the Nets. It got out of hand relatively early. 
you know, I, I, I'm sure he was chalk. I had plenty of shares of him uh, in the games. I didn't have Giannis. I had some Middleton and Portis. So that's the way that we're going to want to attack this team. But Charlotte, as we've mentioned plenty of times on this podcast, they're bad. They're very bad on defense. They're very bad at defending the three-point line. They kind of struggle on the interior as well. So there's multiple ways you can attack them. So I'm almost game for all of these Bucks players, whether it's Middleton, Portis, Giannis. I'll have shares of every single one of them. I think they're all going to be some of the top spend-ups on this slate. Uh, Jordan Noir drew that start. I thought he would, but I, I mentioned it in the Discord if you're in there. Jordan Noir starting with Giannis in the lineup is not the same as him starting for Giannis. Uh, obviously, the usage goes down. Uh, you know, the opportunities to grab rebounds goes down. We know that they want Giannis to grab a lot of these rebounds so we can kind of push the pace, uh, initiate the offense very quickly in transition, and just attack the rim. Now, if Giannis sits, Noura becomes one of my favorite mid-tier plays. No doubt about it. It's just that simple. I'll keep him in my player pool just based on the matchup, but I'll probably be underweight on him if Giannis does play. Now, his matchup's also a lot better than that last one at Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's a pretty enticing matchup as it is. Uh, but... I just always like to throw that caveat out there that if Giannis does play, Nawara isn't that same go-to bank-in 30 DK points option that we're used to when he's starting for Giannis. Uh, Middleton at 82, you could play him, absolutely. Uh, the dude continues to be consistent, especially knowing that he's going to handle the ball a little bit more. He should be seeing anywhere between 15 and 20 shot attempts with no Drew Holiday, no Connaughton, no Grayson Allen. He's going to be the number two scorer. And the same thing goes for Bobby Portis. He's right up there as well. The rebounding upside is always there for him, but obviously more shot attempts. Bobby Portis is not a shy shooter, and now you're giving him the green light and saying, yeah, dude, we're going to need your offense in this one. Going against Mason Plumlee in that front court does not scare me off one bit. So, I mean, it's no secret. Those are the top three options on this team, and they're priced accordingly. Uh, other options that we could look at, I mean, Wesley Matthews drew that start at 3,400. He's a very safe value play to play at least 28 minutes, I would imagine, and the pivot off of him would be Rodney Hood, who should come off the bench, but – Still see about 25 to 26 minutes. We'll get his fair share of shot attempts as well. Only took eight against that Brooklyn team, but I imagine it goes up a little bit. I mentioned that this Hornets team struggles against three-point shooting. I expect both of these players to take advantage of that. Uh, other options that we can look at, I don't think we really need to go there. I think this is these are you know the six guys that we're going to consider, and I probably want anywhere between two to three of these guys in most of my lineups. Now, it's going to be hard to get like Giannis, Middleton, and Portis in there, uh, but if Giannis does get ruled out, we're looking at three bucks, no matter which way you look at it. It's just that simple for me. On the other side of the ball, if we're playing a lot of bucks, we're going to obviously want to run it back with some of these Hornets players. And normally this is a matchup that we can take advantage of in certain spots because, you know, we know the Bucks play at a fast pace. They're another team that struggles against three-pointers, but they're usually pretty good with on-ball defense. Uh, Drew Holiday being that main proponent in that, he's one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. You've heard people say it uh, time and time again. I think Lillard is one of the first people to say he's the guard I hate going against most. So LaMelo Ball, 9-5, absolutely. He's probably my second favorite spend-up outside of Giannis. And if Giannis sits, it just gets that much easier. Uh, listen, he hasn't been fantastic over the past few games. You know, we've seen some good games, we've seen some bad games. But listen, when, when the game gets out of hand, they have no reason to play LaMelo. They have plenty of other guard options that they could go to. Uh, this game has a one-point spread, the highest total. I'm expecting a tight one. No Drew Holiday. That makes me enticed to play LaMelo even more. He already put up 64 DK points on this team earlier in the season. Uh, near, Not even near a triple-double. It was with actual points, 36 actual points in that one. Only you know five rebounds. I'm not going to say only nine assists, but uh, he wasn't near a triple-double. 
he has triple double upside in this one. If I'm not playing Lamelo, I think there's definitely some other options that we could look at. I think Miles Bridges. I want to attack this team in transition. This is going to be a high scoring game, back and forth. We're going to see just the guys that can thrive in that open court do so. Uh, he only played 26 minutes against Detroit. Again, they beat them by over 29. Uh, not over, but they beat them by 29 points. And we've seen, been seeing a very kind of consistent Miles Bridges since he's returned. When he's been given the minutes, he gets big games, very similar to Mello. When the game gets out of hand, we're not going to see anything probably more than 30. I'm expecting him to play more than 30 minutes in this one. I'm expecting him anywhere between 35 to 45 DK points. So I'm on Miles Bridges. I'm on the Mello ball. If you're looking for some cheaper options in this game, I think P.J. Washington at 5K. It's only his second game back since coming out of the protocols. He played 24 minutes against Detroit. Again, it was a blowout. He might have been able to play more. It was also his first game back. But nonetheless, P.J. Washington offers a very unique stat line. Uh, he can stuff the stat sheet in many different ways, whether it's with rebounding some points. And then he's always good for at least, you know, two defensive stats, sometimes more. So a 5K in this exposure, in this game, uh, in the environment, I definitely think he is probably my third favorite option. And if you're not looking to play LaMelo and you want to kind of get a little bit of a mini stack going, you can obviously look at, like, Rozier. I don't think I'd be targeting Hayward too much in this matchup, but I think Rozier, I don't love that price tag. I think it's very, very fair for him. But if LaMelo's ever struggling, it's going to be Rozier having a great game. So I feel like they go, you know, hand in hand with each other where they make pivots off of each other. I wouldn't play both those two guys with each other. Uh, but if you wanted to do like a, a Rozier Bridges, sure, why not? I, I don't think I will go to too much Rozier. I'll probably be under the field, but I'm not just going to take him out of my player pool just yet. I certainly think he is in play. On to the next game, Orlando Magic traveling to Detroit. Uh, they're taking on the Pistons. For the Pistons, Jeremy Grant, Frank Jackson, Isaiah Livers, Kelly Olynyk, Chris Smith, Jamarco Pickett, all ruled out. And then for the Magic, we're going to have to monitor some things because Cole Anthony returned in that last one, ended up rolling his ankle. He is now questionable for this game, uh, along with Franz Wagner, who also has an ankle sprain. So two heavy hitters on this Magic team that we're going to have to watch. And then Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Robin Lopez, each one more, Jalen Suggs, have all been ruled out. This game's coming in at a 210.5 game total. Detroit is being favored by two. So be that what it may. This is two bad teams going up against each other, which usually equals some decent fantasy goodness. Now, looking at this Orlando Magic team, uh, if there's no Cole Anthony, I mean, we could probably just safely assume that Tim Frazier would draw another start. And at 3,500, he's in play. Doesn't have the highest upside. I actually do like him in this matchup, though, if Cole Anthony does sit. I wouldn't expect 35 minutes from him. I expect him and Hampton to kind of chop those up and divvy him out. He'd probably see a few more minutes, but it would certainly put both those guys in play. Uh, I would expect Hampton to draw a little bit more ownership with no Cole Anthony just because he's got more of an offensive game to him. Uh, the minutes are more consistent with him. You know, he played 18 minutes with Cole Anthony playing. I think it was like about 26 minutes in that last one. While, you know, Timmy Frazier uh, played very similar minutes, just didn't do anything with him. So both those guys come into play. I probably end up leaning more Frazier in, uh, in my tournaments just because I expect that he'll draw less ownership. I think they both have decent floors, um, but this seems like one of the matchups that we could see Frazier hit closer to what his upside could be, you know, 30 DK points or so. I'm not going to say it's 40 or 50. That's what Hampton has. Hampton certainly does have that 40-point upside, uh, but we've seen that, you know, I would say few and far in between, but everything needs to click on all cylinders. You know, he needs to be playing 30-plus minutes. He needs Franz to sit as well. Uh, a lot needs to go right for him to unlock that upside where he's going to be probably one of the leading shot takers on this team, so... Just keep an eye on that news. If Cole Anthony plays, we're not really considering either one of these guys. Now, I like this matchup for Wendell Carter Jr. 
I don't like this price tag for Wendell Carter Jr. So I'll keep him in my player pool for now, but I don't see myself gravitating towards him too, too much, knowing that he's at that 7,500 range where there's a few other options uh, I do like on this slate in that range. Mo Bamba at 55, fantastic price tag. Minutes are starting to get back up there. We saw him play 28 against Philly. If he's going to get back up to that 30-minute mark at this 5,500 price tag, he's almost chalk at that point. Now, that's the problem. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to play that consistent role. I think the minutes are going up for a good reason. I think he's starting to get back into shape after missing some time. So I will be taking the chance on Obamba. I think he's one of my uh, one of my favorite mid-tier plays at that 5,500 mark. So keep an eye on that. I'm expecting one of Franz and Cole to sit, and that's going to unlock Terrence Ross. And he's continued to be extremely consistent at 4,800. So there's a lot of these magic guys I'm looking at. Terrence Ross has taken at least 16 shot attempts over the last four games. Uh, he's been consistently putting up at least 30 DK points uh, average. Uh, it's actually a little more than that, about 34, 35 DK point average over the past week. So I'm good with looking at Terrence Ross at 4,800. He'll be pretty chalky, but it gives you that dual eligibility at shooting guard and small forward that we could take advantage of. So just a quick recap. Uh, if Franz and Cole Anthony play, I'm probably not looking at either one of them. I think Franz is uh, you can look at. I'm probably not playing Cole Anthony 81. I just, you know, that bum ankle has been bothering him for the past, it feels like two to three weeks now. I just don't trust the minutes. I just don't trust the workload if the game gets out of hand, which I don't think it will. Uh, he'd probably be the first one to ride pine just to keep that preserved. But the guys I am looking at, it would be Mo Bamba. It would be Terrence Ross. And if Cole sits, I think that looking at Hampton and Tim Frazier, certainly in play. For the Detroit side of the ball, not a lot to like here. Uh, we're starting to see them get a little bit healthier. Uh, now we do have, you know, Isaiah Stewart back in the lineup, so that kind of limits Trey Lyles. And now you're paying 49 for Trey Lyles, knowing that he's not going to see all the bulk of the center minutes. Uh, we got these, this backcourt back, so you know, Cade Cunningham back. We're seeing the usage just kind of drift away from Diallo and Sadiq Bey. Now, these guys will still get their shots, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to get them at such an absurd clip like they were. I mean, at one point, these guys were priced at like 8500 and 8700 they're starting to come back down to earth, but they're still a little bit too expensive for my liking. And then Kate Cunningham at 83 is priced appropriately. I think I'd prefer, you know, a guy like Chris Paul later on in the slate that we will talk about. I prefer to play like a Chris Middleton over him. I prefer to play uh, Bridges over him. There's a lot of guys I prefer to play over these guys in the similar price ranges. So I just don't see myself going to much over here on Detroit. Uh, I'll fault you if you want to take a stab at one of these guys. I just don't see myself doing it. On to the next game. One with a lot of question marks. Utah Jazz on the second half of back-to-back, traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. No injury report for the Jazz at the moment. For the Pacers, Justin Anderson, Gogo Bataze, Torrey Craig, Isaiah Jackson, Karis LeVert, TJ McConnell, TJ Warren, all ruled out. Jeremy Lamb, Chris Duarte, Malcolm Brogdon are questionable. So we are going to have to monitor that news because obviously that would have a pretty big impact on this slate. Um, like I said, no injury report for the Jazz, but... We do have a game total. It's 220 and a half. Utah being favored by four and a half points here. So we saw Utah run out their uh, their B squad, actually probably even their C squad. They were missing a lot of bodies in that last game. And if you're looking at this in the morning, if you're listening to this in the morning, you're going to see a lot of out tags next to these guys. Now, that does not mean that they are all ruled out for this game. We saw Mike Conley getting a rest day. We saw Rudy Gay pretty much getting a rest day because they had no other bodies. I would expect both these guys end up suiting up. The guys that we do know are out are going to be Rudy Gobert. Joe Ingles. Uh, those guys pretty much guaranteed to uh, to be out. They're both in the health and safety protocols. And then we have a couple guys who are questionable. Donovan Mitchell was dealing with back soreness. Bogdan Bogdanovich was dealing with a finger sprain. Royce O'Neal was dealing with uh, knee soreness. 
do these guys suit up? That's the real question mark. It's those three guys, because obviously that's going to have a major, major impact. Oh, I'm sorry, and I forgot to throw in Jordan Clarkson, who was also dealing with back soreness. Now, when they knew that they were already missing several bodies, they they probably had a good understanding that they wanted to, you know, rest Conley and sit Mitchell. Once that happened, it, you know, the wheels fell off. It might as well just give all these veterans a nice rest day. So this may not be the same situation that we had last night where we could take advantage of guys like Elijah Mitchell and Eric Paschal. Uh, you know, Jared Butler, we might not have these guys open as value options. So it's something that we certainly need to monitor. I think Donovan Mitchell at 9,600 is a little bit too expensive for me on this slate. I don't think I'll be going his way regardless. I think Mike Conley becomes nothing more than a pivot at 58, not a primary option of mine. Uh, if those guys sit, I think you know, if Jordan Clarkson suits up, absolutely, certainly in play. If we see that Royce O'Neal uh, happens to sit, I think that Rudy Gay, if he does suit up, becomes a fantastic play at 4,600. So we just got to keep an eye on this. The one guy that's in play regardless would be Hassan Whiteside at 3,500. Really struggled in that last one. He looked absolutely terrible on defense. He played 30 minutes and only put up 20 DK points, which is very un-Hassan-like. I mean, that's normally what he's putting up in his normal bench roll at 19 or 15 minutes. So I'm going to go back to the well on Hassan Whiteside. I got no issues there. I'll bet against the curve. If you say he's playing 30 minutes, he's going to have probably at least 30 DK points. And at 3,500, I'm all for it. Even if he puts up another 20 DK point game, it's not going to burn us, especially on a five-game slate. So sign me up. I'm good with Hassan. And you kind of gave, uh, you kind of heard my take on these other guys. If everybody happens to sit again, that's when we can start to look at these other players. But I just don't think that that's going to happen. So as of right now, I'm not going to be, you know, if you look, if you go and read the DFS delivery, you probably won't see guys like, you know, Eric Pascal or Elijah Mitchell in there as value plays and value options of my core, just simply because I just don't expect this, this game to kind of play out like it did last night. Yeah, I, I do expect Rudy Gay and Conley at the very least to play. And I expect that a couple of these other guys that sat out uh, on the front half of a back-to-back to suit up. On the Pacers side of the ball, for everything I just mentioned that we have to keep an eye on, uh, it's just as much pretty much over here. I mean, we saw that Karis LeVert uh, was ruled out, and he's not expected to necessarily be available. I think he's the one that we could probably lean more towards sitting. But we do have to keep an eye on Brogdon. We do have to keep an eye on Durante, and we do have to keep an eye on Jeremy Lamb. Uh, if these guys play, we're going to see some of the value that we're taking advantage of in the backcourt just dissipate, whether it's you know Dwayne Washington or Kiefer Sykes. I wouldn't expect these two guys to really get much run if they're fully healthy. I'm sure they're probably in the rotation, but I just wouldn't expect too much from them. And the same thing could be said with Lance Stevenson. Uh, he came out and actually blew up against Brooklyn. It was a turn-back-the-clock game, 12-19 shooting for 42 DK points, 30 actual points, played 32 minutes. There's a lot of question marks. I'm not chance, ch- uh, chasing that Lance Stevenson game regardless. That's just me. I'm I'm just not in the you know in the field of chasing games that I think are outliers. I would, however, have interest in like Kiefer Sykes and Dwayne Washington if we see that this entire backcourt's rolled out. Now, the one guy that I do think is worth spending up on is Demonis Sabonis. Uh, I do still think I prefer Giannis. I do still think I prefer Lamelo over him. But this is the pivot play here. You know, people immediately see, oh, yeah, they're playing Utah, bad matchup. He struggled against them in the matchup earlier in the season. You know, only put up 2 of 10 shooting for 25 DK points. Well, obviously, Rudy Gobert has a big factor on this defense and it affects this front court mightily. If he sits, which you already know he is, yeah, obviously, it's a much different game. It's a much different game script. It's, you know, it's a closer spread. It's a higher game total. You know, normally, we don't see too many games with Utah playing at a 220 game total. So, yeah. I think the Monte Sabonis, while he is slightly overpriced, uh, he comes into play as a fantastic option as a pivot off those other options. And if Rudy, go, uh, or I mean, if Giannis is ruled out, it pretty much just sets my lineup for me. I'm, I'm probably going to end up with more Sabonis in the field, and I think rightfully so. 
Uh, don't think I'll be going to too much Miles Turner at 7K. I just think that's a little bit of a fair price tag. I wouldn't say too expensive, but a little bit of a fair. And whoever does suit up as far as injured players, I probably won't be having any shares of either in their first game back after missing significant time. And Drew Holiday comes in there. I mean, Drew, Justin Holiday comes in there as just uh, one of those options where if you land on him, there's worse you can do. I'm not going out of my way to put him in there. Fourth game of the night. We're into the 7.30 Eastern Standard Time start times. All those other games were 7 p.m. start times. So we'll have all of the news in those games available to us before lock. New York Knicks in a rematch going against Boston, taking on the Celtics for the injury report. Peyton, Peyton Pritchard and uh, Broderick Thomas both ruled out for the Knicks. Uh, Ryan Archidiakono, Damian Dotson, Matt Mooney, Derek Rose, Lucas Samanich, Kemba Walker all ruled out. Evan Fournier, Nerlens Noel are both questionable. As of right now, this game is coming in at a 208 game total, seven point spread being favored to Boston. So, this is the lowest game total of the day. So, not going to be a ton of options I'm coming out of this game with, not just because of the game total, just based on the slate itself. I prefer Sabonis over Randall, prefer Lamella over Randall, prefer Giannis over Randall. So, no Randall for me. RJ Barrett coming in at 6K, hit that massively huge buzzer beater. But outside of that buzzer beater, he was pretty much lackluster for the entire night. 415 shooting, just don't like him. Uh, I never play R.J. Barrett. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and poo-poo on his talent as a basketball player. I do think he's still very young and raw, and I do think that his game will come together eventually. But give me Alec Burks over him. Uh, he's $100 less. He has dual eligibility at shooting guard and small forward. Played 37 minutes. And listen, he struggled. He put up 27 DK points on 1 of 10 shooting. If he even shoots 40%, we're looking at a 35 to 36 DK point night. I think that he will go quietly under-owned. He's probably my favorite Nick and one of the only Nicks I'm looking at on this slate. So... I'm good with some Alec Burks there. And I think uh, Manuel quickly, if you land on him, very similar to uh, Justin Holiday, I wouldn't be upset about it, but not something I'm going out of my way to play. On the Boston side of the ball, it's one to two options here. I played a decent amount of Robert Williams in that last one. I started shying away from him as all that Golden State news came out. But he still performed, put up 36 DK points. Three matchups this season in 36 minutes. He's averaging 39 DK points against this Knicks team. The front court just really... They really need him uh, going against him, uh, you know, with the the bodies of possibly New Orleans Noel being back. But Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle is a lot of size. We know that Randle likes to step out to that three-point line. So Al Horford will be chasing him around all day long. So it gives, you know, Robert Williams the paint to his entire self where we'll see more blocks. We'll see more rebounds. The only thing that you have to monitor is whether or not he gets into foul trouble. At 7,100, I have no issues going back to the well here. I still do think I prefer, you know, Hassan Whiteside. Probably even Mo Bamba at a point-per-dollar standpoint over him. But, again, it makes for a good tournament pivot. Not playing any of the expensive guys in Tatum or Brown here just because of the other options I do prefer on the slate. And the only other guy I would consider would be Dennis Schroeder at 5,500. Only has point guard eligibility, but he's still in play nonetheless. Final game of the night, Miami Heat traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns. Another game where we have to monitor some stuff because Jimmy Butler has been upgraded to questionable. If he plays, obviously, that's going to affect some things. But Bam Adebayo, Mario Chalmers, Dwayne Dedman, Marcus Garrett, Udonis Haslam, Marquise Morris, Casey Akpala, Victor Oladipo, Nick, Scal- Nick Stauskas, and Gabe Vincent have all been ruled out. And then for the Suns, it's Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Dario Sarge, Landry Shamit. Uh, games coming in with one of the higher spreads of the night, eight and a half point spread, favor to Phoenix, 215 and a half game total. Still going to be some options that we can consider in this game. Jimmy Butler is the big news, though. Obviously, if Jimmy plays, then we're probably going to be shying away from guys like you know Max Struss and Caleb Martin a little bit more. If he sits, these guys are firmly in play for me, no doubt about it. Um, Struss coming off of a very, very big game. Much tough, much tougher matchup in this one than going against Portland. Portland has a very porous defense, while 
Phoenix is one of the best perimeter defending teams. Uh, you know, with Cam Johnson, with Mikal Bridges, Chris Paul. This team has a lot of bodies that they can throw at these wing, to, uh, wing players to keep them in check. So he's in play at 5,200. I expect myself to be under the field on him, even if Jimmy Butler sits. Certainly still in play. Main option I'm looking at, I'm probably not playing Jimmy if he plays. I just don't trust the minutes workload in his first game back. Would be Omer year seven. Uh, I think that this dude just is extremely consistent. There's not much more that can be said. I, th- I still think I prefer uh, some of these other centers. But in your cash, you can certainly look at him. I mean, we're talking about at least 13 rebounds over the past five games. Uh, and the stretch continues. I feel like every game he's played this month, he's had big rebounding games. It's just whether or not his touch around the rim falls that night. Defensive stats, the blocks aren't there. He's not much of a shot blocker. Uh, he could. He's a big body. He'll get some. But it's more or less playing those passing lanes and the inside passing that he's been better at getting some steals. But he's just been extremely consistent. Uh, and I expect it to continue as long as Bam and Deadman are out. I think even if Deadman returns, your seven has proved enough that he's going to be playing that role over him now. Minutes will likely go down to more of that 25-26 range. But with those guys out, consistently seeing 30-plus minutes, consistently putting up at least 30 DK points with the upside of 40 to 45, sign me up. I think he's very, very safe for cash. Not really going to too much else over here on this side of the ball. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to look at Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero. I think that there's other guard options I prefer ever so slightly over him. One guy on the other side of the ball exclusively over Kyle Lowry. But we know their upside if Jimmy sits. It's just going to be a, uh, a little bit of a tougher matchup. Only other guy worth mentioning would be, to me, is P.J. Tucker, who I think is in play regardless of who suits up and who doesn't. Obviously, I think if Jimmy sits, he gets a little bit more upside, knowing he'll probably take a couple more shot attempts, but not really known for his offensive game. It's just his ability to get a couple steals, get a couple blocks. Uh, He's always usually really solid on the rebounding end. And at 4K, you're not needing much, only about 20 DK points. and I can see him getting 25 to 28 in this matchup. A little upside for more, but I don't ever count on the upside when I'm looking for P.J. Tucker. Final game of the night or final team of the night, Phoenix Suns. Uh, Devin Booker coming in at 9K just feels a little too expensive for me. But Chris Paul at 78, I have no problem hitting again. It was all over him in that Clippers game. Uh, came out, triple-doubled, put up 56.25 DK points. Not expecting another performance like that necessarily. But it should be pretty competitive in this game. Not expecting a blowout or anything like that. So Chris Paul feels like he's slightly underpriced. DeAndre Ayton in his first game back from uh, being in health and safety protocols. Not expecting too much from him. So I won't be going to him. I expect limited minutes. I already mentioned probably about four other centers on this slate that I prefer over him. And then I think Cam Johnson at 5,700. He's starting to get a little expensive. Um, Is he worth it? I guess. Yeah. He's got a pretty good floor. Uh, We've only seen that real ceiling game in that last one against the Clippers. Outside of that, you know, the last time he put up at least 40 DK points was against OKC uh, two days before Christmas. So I I just don't want to pay 57 necessarily for a guy that, I think he's consistent with his floor. So if you land on him, I guess put him in that category. Sure, why not? Uh, just not banking on that upside. I think now with Aiton back, we could cross off, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Jalen Smith and Bismack Biombo. We also have Biggie back in this one. So I'm not touching any of the centers. For the most part, the only options I'm really looking at would be Chris Paul. And then if I land on a guy like Cam Johnson or Mikal Bridges, I'm not mad about it, but not overly excited about them either. That is the entire slate. Ran through real fast for you guys, about 27 minutes for those five games. Now we will get to our tier segment. Now, I'm going to give three for the expensive tier just because the caveat, I think there's a decent chance that maybe Giannis sits in this one based upon that Vegas line. But Giannis would be my top spend up, and then I would say LaMelo Ball is my second. Uh, If Giannis sits, he would be replaced by Sabonis. I'm not really touching Tatum, not really touching Randall, uh, not really touching Jalen Brown or Booker either. So I'll leave those guys for other people. I could throw Mitchell in there as well because I think he does suit up for this one. But those are the guys I'm spending up on. Uh, For the mid-tier range, 
Middleton falls out of this range by 200. So he is a great play, but he does not fit our needs uh, as far as our game. So I'm not going to mention him. But I will mention Mr. Miles Bridges at 7,300. I do think with that small forward and power forward eligibility, I already said it, this game's going to be fantastic for fantasy. We're going to want a lot of options in there. He is one of those. The second one gets a little tougher because I think there's uh, there's a few guys that we could look at. Um, I think Bobby Portis is an obvious one, so I'll go with the other center option that I think is a little less obvious, and it's Mo Bamba at 5,500. I think that's a fantastic price tag for him, and I'm expecting some pretty decent things from him. Uh, and then for the value tier, pretty easy one's going to be Hassan Whiteside at 3,500. It's going to be very chalky, maybe maybe a little less chalky, knowing he's coming off of a pretty bad game, but I'm not expecting another one like that. I expect it to be a little bit better. Uh, and then I think Terrence Ross at 4,800 is another one that we could look at. Obviously, there's some other guys in this matchup that we could consider, knowing that you know there's people that are going to get ruled in and ruled out. Uh, but both those guys, we already have the news on, and I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to be in a decent amount of my lineups, regardless of what happens. Regardless, uh, regardless of what happens, regardless. Yeah, that makes sense. That is the slate. If you'd like to, I would like you to go give me a follow on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. You will see me on there here and there, kind of tweeting some stuff out. You'll always find our podcast link on there. If you happen to not go to, you know, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple. YouTube, you know, one of the many places that we have available for it. I always retweet it out, as well as my DFS delivery article, if you are a Sports Ethos member over here. Also, while you're on those, maybe click on the podcast to give it a listen. Subscribe, five star, give us a review. We do appreciate it, guys. The contest is still going. Haven't really seen too many entries. I mean, it's uh, free stuff. If you like free stuff, screenshot yourself, giving it a five star, or subscribing, or rating, or reviewing, whatever it may be. Tag me on it in Twitter. You'll be entered. The first 10 people that do that, I will be giving away free autographs for of their favorite team. You just got to give me your address. I will ship it over to you. You don't even have to pay for the shipping. I'll pay for the shipping. Only asking a little, little love back, a little subscribe action. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Santino taking on that Sunday solo slate. The triple S. The, actually, quadruple S. Santino Sunday solo slate. Try to say that five times fast. I'll be breaking down that action for you guys. It will be a good time. We'll be handling it, giving you the business, giving you the plays. I will see you all later, especially if you're in that Discord. Hour before lock, I am in there every single night. So catch me in there probably right around that 5 p.m., maybe about 5.15. Got some uh, got some things to do this afternoon, but good luck, everybody. Let's take down some tournaments. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.